Big Scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Available in different prices and varieties at a lottery retailer near you. The Virginia Lottery. Every day wins. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Well, good evening. Good evening. And uh, <clears throat> he moved us over here a little bit. Uh, thanks ever so much for uh, popping in and uh, spending a little time. We appreciate you. Appreciate you greatly. Uh, my name is William Lawson. This is Fight Back 2020. Um, the title of this program, and we're going to go, and we're not going to go long tonight. I promise we're not going to go long. I know I say that all the time, and then, then I just can't shut up, right? Um, <clears throat> I think that I've been doing a lot, of, I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of posting in the past few days. And I think that a lot of people got it in the mix. They, you got me all wrong. You got me all wrong. This is, this is not about red pill, blue pill politics. What we see going on here, I'm telling you, is not about red pill, blue pill politics. It isn't. It is, it, it, it is quite frankly, well beyond that. I'm just going to tell you. It is well beyond that. We're really not talking about Donald. I'm, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm not, I'm not even talking about Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or AOC or or Maxine Waters. Uh, I'm not. I'm. We're really not. Because what we're concerned with, what I'm concerned with, frankly is huge in comparison, quite frankly, to all of that, to all of it. Most of that, quite frankly, doesn't mean very much in the large, um, you know what, in the large scale of things. It just, it, it just doesn't mean that much. <clears throat> um, so what we're, what we're really trying to talk about is, I'm not talking about politics, I'm talking about preservation. It's beyond. It's beyond politics. You you understand what I'm you, you understand what I'm saying? It's beyond politics. It's about are we going to be able to? And I know when you know what. And and this is and this is unfortunate when I say this. Are we going to be able? to keep the republic that's what we're talking about folks that's what we're talking about we're talking about are we going to be able to keep the republic that's what this is about now some people are of the mind that this is how everything is supposed to work. We've always, and this is not even political, this is just, we're talking about the Republic. This is not political. I was having a, a, um, an online discussion. I wasn't fighting, I wasn't, because the person I was communicating with is a, is a very, very dear friend of mine very dear friend and um, 
he's not a fan of the president. So I don't so I don't go there. For what? He's not going to he's learned he's not going to convince me not to be a a conservative Republican and I'm not I ain't trying to convince him. Um I'm not stop I'm not stopping him from being a, a you know a progressive democrat, maybe maybe a democratic socialist even. I'm not trying to do that. We have too much real personal friend of friend history. I love the guy. I do. He's one I don't have any brothers. I don't have any natural brothers. But if I had to have but if I had to pick a brother to have, I could have if I could have a couple of brothers, a couple of three, this dude's on the list. He he gets a he gets a first invitation to be my brother, to be my brother if I could choose that. That's the kind of person I'm talking about. So, um, and we got to the end of our conversation because it was late. It was like three in the morning, and I said I got to go to bed because I'm really tired. And I said, you know, and and he and he was mentioning the the White House, um response the administrative response to this crisis and i thought now and i don't think it's this way because i i I, know i support the president i think it's this way because i think this is the way it ought to work it should work like it should work like this the federal i believe the federal government should Look to the governors of the states. See what they need. The governors have to ask for it. It's just like any other emergency. Um, this is this is where uh, President Bush didn't fail in Katrina. This is where the governor of uh, of Louisiana and the mayor of of New Orleans failed. They have to declare the emergency. Get their emergency people, emergency plan in action and going, and then and then maybe the 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 city look to the state to <clears throat> to help with funding and to help with logistics and that kind of stuff. And once the once the state calls a, a you know a state of emergency, look for the federal government to help with funding and help with logistics and those kind of things. Now, when all of it's going off at the same time, it's tough because the federal government obviously can't help everybody uh, to their full what they what they think they need or think they want. So there's going to have to be some, you know, looking at the entire picture at the federal level, but they should defer to the states. And for the for the most part, not entirely, but for the most part, the, the current administration has done just that. So as close as we've had it for a while, in my opinion, the federal government has deferred to the states as they should. Well, when I mention that, my friend thinks it doesn't think that that's the way it ought to be. It's like the the federal government should come in and take over this thing because this is a huge friggin' deal, and not leave it to the states. Interesting, and and when I said at that point, I said, you know what? The crux of most of our conversations are really about the role of government. So we're not. So we're really not talking about politics here. We're talking about what people believe is the role of government. That's what people think. 
who takes the lead in an emergency? What is the role of the federal government? And how does the Constitution of the United States fit in to that role? What's the role? What's the role of local governments? What is, what is the driving, guiding principles instead of documents that, that local and state and federal governments use? Do we, are, are we ruled, and I use that term in, in, um, in air quotes, are we ruled because of the feelings and the, and the opinions of those in political power? Is that what's supposed to supposed to drive us? You know, is is that what I'm supposed to get behind? Is that what I'm supposed to depend on, or is there a document? Is there a, a set of guidelines for government to follow? And I think again, we <clears throat> in having this discussion, we oftentimes are talking to people who really don't have the very same view as to what the role of government should be in the lives of citizens. Uh, a lot of people believe that, that, government, that, that government should be the final arbiter of what's okay and what's not okay. And we see that, don't we? We see that with, the, with this entire discussion about what's essential and what is non-essential. You know, and if, and if you think about it for just a second, if you understand the role of government, you very, very quickly see that this is not at all in any way, shape, or form anything that government can determine or should be determining for anybody other than it themselves. You know, we've had, you remember the government shutdown? Um, a few months ago, remember that? And there were people working and not working inside the federal government because the federal government had deemed and the departments had deemed some of their operations essential and some of them non-essential. And then we said out here, hell, if you've got non-essential stuff going on at taxpayer expense, you should just crap can all those, all, all those positions and all that activity. Wouldn't that save a bunch of money? Because that's what you're purporting to do now. You furloughed all the non-essential activities in the federal government and some state and local governments did the very same thing. They cut out all the, quote, non-essential gigs. So, supposedly, this is how government works at bare bones. It is my opinion, and I'm not the only one, that government should always work at bare bones. Government should never work in a surplus. They, government should never have more than it absolutely needs. Government should have what it needs, not a tick more. Because, again, they are not the final arbiter of anything. They're not the final decider of, of, of what's essential or what's non-essential outside the framework of, their gov- of, of the government. They are, they are not the arbiter of what's essential or non-essential in the private sector. They are definitely not the arbiter of what's essential or non-essential as, 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 as it pertains to um, activity by the citizenry. They are not. It is not their role. 
It is not. And and I know a lot of people are, are afraid. One of the the uh, the the my my favorite political cartoons that I saw recently uh, was a a picture of the Statue of Liberty on her pedestal, and she was sitting on her pedestal with her head in her hands. The torch was down at her side, and there was a little person that that said, "But we got scared." Yeah, you were afraid. But we, 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 we got scared. And 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 Lady Liberty is just sitting there weeping, with her ha- with her head in her hands. About what was being lost, so this isn't about politics, friends. This is about this is about preserving the republic. That's what this is about, and we can start at the top of the Bill of Rights because without the top of the Bill of Rights, uh, nothing nothing else works. Everything else fails. Everything else starts to unravel. If you don't have what's in the First Amendment, then everything else, and then of course the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment to protect that, everything else starts to unravel. Which is why when they were having this conversation, they made sure the things that were in the First Amendment, in the first part of the Bill of Rights, was there. That's why they put it first, because it was it was the first thing on their mind. They were like, okay, if we're going to have this central government thing, here's some things that the central government may not forget and may not usurped and may not do. And here's some things that, that we that we must must remind the federal government of, the central the central government of, um, so they never forget. Now again, remember, these people had just been through a war with one of the biggest superpowers on the earth at the time and won. Remember that. They had, they had just gone. They had just battled against England. England, who had the biggest, baddest Navy in the world at the time, and basically ruled everything. So this is this is the first reminder to the federal government. This is the first reminder right here. It was ratified on December 15th, 1791. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of an establishment of religion. What does that mean? No more Church of England. We saw how corrupt that was, how that worked. Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The free exercise thereof. Or abridging the freedom of speech? Or of the press? Now, the press doesn't mean CNN, NBC, ABC, the New York Times. The press means anybody. The press means me. The press means all my other friends who do podcasts. The press means all my other friends who do blogs. Um, that's what the press is. The press doesn't mean... The press doesn't mean seeing credentialed journalists. That's not what this means. Because there weren't any at the time. There weren't any at the time. There were no credentialed, you know, journalists. So this is that's not what that means. Okay? Or the right of the people to peacefully assemble. 
Now, I, somebody, I'll, I'll, I'll finish that in a second. Somebody uh, on a Facebook, I got to get out of Facebook comments, on a Facebook comment said, well, that means to protest. No, it does not mean to protest. It doesn't say anything about protesting. Let me read this again because this is super. This is super important. Or the right of the people, that's you and me, and Grandma and, 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 and Grandma Jellybean, to peaceably assemble. Comma. And to petition the government for redress of grievances. That may that may be turned into protest, but the but the sentence before that is not protest. That's simply to be able to peaceably assemble. To go somewhere and be together. Doesn't say anything about protesting, doesn't say anything doesn't say anything political at all, political at all. But isn't it interesting that the founders were sure to put the free expression of religion and the ability to assemble in the same amendment in the very same amendment isn't that interesting that, that they did that why did why did they do that they did that because they knew that that would be an attack that that would, that would be one of the first attacks how they know that um, because they were super smart yeah and they also knew it because they had seen it before they had seen it throughout history before and if you think that i'm just being all super churchy i am not here's what just happened in california today it is um April 15, 2020, and you don't have to turn in any tax forms. Isn't that great? Consider the fair tax, my friends. Um, in in uh, Mendocino County in California, they have banned churches from while recording online services. Now, now this is the thing again. Well, they should they should just meet online. They should just meet online. You don't have to actually go to the building. They can just meet online. And this and these and some of these half half assed church folks are like, well, you know, the church really is in the building. Churches church, the church is inside you. You don't really have to meet there. While while the word of God says this, the word of God says that do not forsake assembling of yourself. It warns to not forsake assembling. Wait, do you think the founders? Do you think the founders knew that? You think that the people who put together the Constitution knew the knew what the Bible said? Well, yeah, of course they did. So, here's what this county has decided to ban: while recording online services, there can be no singing or playing of wind instruments. So you think I'm kidding? Look it up. Because it seems crazy. Notice when I'm I'm talking about this that I haven't mentioned anything political, any any blue state, red state, any of that crap at all. Because this is this this is far beyond this. This is about the pres- the preservation of the republic. Mendocino County has banned churches from singing while recording online worship services and have also tossed in oh and no playing of wind instruments no singing so i guess it's okay to play this is this is this government showing up out of step saying what activities are essential 
what activities are non-essential, and actually getting into the church service and telling the, the, the church in this county how their services are supposed to go. What things you can do in your service and what things you can't do in your service. If you don't think that the Republic is in danger, then I'm afraid you're wrong. Are there people politicizing this? You bet your sweet ass there are. I, but you know what? But I found I found a gem for you guys tonight, and uh, I hope that um, Tim is listening. Um, Tim Bryce is uh, one of my fellow Floridians, and he is super smart, smarter than me. But a lot of you will say a lot of people is it's, it's, that's that's a pretty low bar, right? Uh, being smarter than me. And I, you know what? I would not disagree with you. Being smarter than me is just not, you know, not that hard. But um, he is in Palm Beach County and is a great writer. He's the author and freelance writer and, and, and managing director of M and JB Investment Company uh, of Palm Harbor. Uh, and he has a 40 years experience in a management management consulting field. Um, uh, uh, and, and you can see his columns at www.timbrice.com. That's www.timbrice.com. And um, he's also um, on the radio in Palm Harbor at WZIGFM 101, 104.1. Uh, or, you, or you can c- catch him on YouTube. Um, he's, he provided this five minute clip for us to use tonight. Um, I'm going to play tonight and I will probably play tomorrow on the uh, morning report. And I appreciate it. Thank you, Tim, for being part of, of Fightback Media, uh, fightbackmedia.com. Check out this commentary by Tim Bryce. This is Tim Bryce with my column titled Politicizing the Coronavirus. Panics are a fascinating subject, particularly from a management perspective. They are usually caused by some catastrophe, be it man-made or an act of God. We can make some preparations for disaster, but they do not normally accommodate all situations. This means we are forced to react to a panic, such as a cattle stampede triggered by a bolt of lightning. Instead of being proactive, we then must rely on our leaders to take the reins to restore order and correct the problem. Historically, Americans have reacted to many calamities, be it Pearl Harbor, Hurricane Katrina, or 911, to mention but a few. There were indications such disasters would occur and some preparations were made, but nothing to the scale prohibiting the pain, suffering, and damage that occurred. Now we're faced with a panic as created by the coronavirus, a pandemic virus plaguing the world, and it appears nobody was quite prepared for it. In the United States, the Trump administration took the lead and tried to calm the public's nerves while seeking medical treatments and keeping the country running as best as possible. Following Pearl Harbor, Katrina, and 911, the country unified to combat the peril, but this is hardly the case today. Even though polls suggest the country approves the efforts exerted by President Trump and his team, there are forces at work to undermine him. Through his daily coronavirus briefings, the president has commanded the headlines and airtime. So much so, the country has somewhat forgotten the national election and former Vice President Joe Biden cannot seem to be found anywhere. 
In other words, President Trump has enjoyed a tremendous amount of favorable publicity, while the Democrats have essentially dropped off the face of the earth. Obviously, this does not sit well with their leaders as the elections are just seven months away. To combat President Trump's exposure, the news media has openly criticized his daily briefings, claiming they are either distributing misleading information or he is openly lying. Then again, they have been saying this ever since his inauguration. In sharp contrast, Democrat governors who hold similar briefings in their own states are openly applauded. This includes New York, Michigan, Illinois, Washington, and California. So far, I have yet to see the press take the Democrats to task. Obviously, this is not a coincidence as the media is splitting the coronavirus panic along ideological lines. Even though the president couldn't be taken down by the Mueller investigation or by impeachment, the coronavirus makes a convenient last-ditch effort to take him out of the picture. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi is now in the process of creating a new oversight committee for the government's reaction to the coronavirus. This will be used to publicly criticize the president once again and possibly find some excuse to impeach him. I highly doubt this Democrat-led committee will heap accolades on the president. Think about it. Whereas people normally come together in times of crisis, the coronavirus is being used to impeach a president. It doesn't get any more political than this. Interestingly, while the Democrat candidates seem to have disappeared, including former Secretary Hillary Clinton, the one Democrat the news media is fawning over is New York Governor Mario Cuomo. Seems rather obvious the media has fallen for him and will desperately try to find a way to draft him as the party's candidate, perhaps as a dark horse candidate or running mate with Joe Biden. The only problem with this is the people are more concerned about surviving the virus than impeaching or defeating the president. Again, the president is scoring well for his handling of the panic. In other words, the media's attacks on the president are not swaying the minds of independents or Republicans. It is simply not working, and the president's popularity continues to grow. In a cattle stampede, your choices are rather limited. Lead, follow, or get the heck out of the way. And two of those options will not solve the problem. So far, the American people, with the exception of the far left, believe the president is taking them in the right direction. I never suspected someone would take a calamity like the coronavirus and spin it for political gain. Imagine where we would be if we took the same approach to Pearl Harbor, Hurricane Katrina, and 911. Unfortunately, our country is hopelessly divided along ideological lines. One last note. I recently came across a funny graphic on social media. It says, quote, I have a cure for the coronavirus. Just mentioned canceling the 2020 presidential election until 2024. See how fast it disappears, end quote. There is a lot of truth in this. Friends, keep the faith. This is Tim Bryce in Palm Harbor, Florida. Follow me on the Internet at TimBryce.com. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. I, and I like to I'd like to have more of Tim Bryce on the Fight Back 2020 program and the Morning Report here. Um, to, I mean, we see this happening. There is a politicization of of what we see happening for sure. But you know what? This is this really and and, and what's what's stressful is that this is about so much more. Yes. I, I agree with I agree with Tim that the the left is doing everything they can to impeach the president again 
We saw the impeachment fail, but this is an opportunity for them to fundamentally change this republic. It just just recently, just today, Eric Holder, former um, AG Eric Holder, said that this is an opportunity to fundamentally change our voting system. Is there was there something wrong with our voting system? Was there something wrong with the way we vote? This is the same voting system that that elected Barack Obama president not once but twice, and 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 his mic drop moment said, "I won both my elections." He did. No doubt. At much much of the chagrin of a lot of Republicans and conservatives in 2012 with the absolute worst matrix for numbers of any sitting president, Barack Obama won the presidency. Again, that's the second time. He won his first time as well. So, that very same voting system, that very same system is now broken according to Eric Holder? This isn't... And again, what we're talking about is not about politics. We're talking about, we're trying to preserve the republic. If you're interested in preserving the republic, hit me up on um, on the email at wls860 at gmail.com or at fightbackmedia at gmail.com, fightbackmedia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and Go to fightbackmedia.com and you can check out all the things that we do right there on the website, we'd, pre- we'd appreciate everything you can do for us. If indeed you want to help us with a financial gift, we'll be happy to accept that because this is a fight for the Republic. Let there be no doubt. Every day we fight to maintain the Republic for ourselves and our posterity. Until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. Again, my name is William Lawson. This is Fight Back 2020. We'll see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. If you love scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you probably also love when your dog nails a new trick. That's an everyday win, baby. Come on, Ranger. Roll over. (laughs) Hun, did you see? He did it. Ranger rolled over. Oh, yeah. And now he's peeing on the rug. The rollover, though, still an everyday win. Like Scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Available in different prices and varieties at a lottery retailer near you. The Virginia Lottery. Everyday wins. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow while the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Woo!